Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine and with me there are two people that I will hunt with a crossbow. Hello, I'm Sybil and I have experience playing the most dangerous game. Is that, is that a Souls-like? It's an old story about someone who would hunt I know, humans. I know, I'm making a fucking joke. You're starting to sandbag me literally a minute in. Adam, introduce yourself. I do not have experience on this end of the most dangerous game. Anyhow, today is a special episode that will probably go on, like, literally tomorrow. Like, I'll probably, like, rush edit this. Because yesterday... The new uh, The Wonder Years record released, and I was like, I'm incredibly sad, I'm dealing with a lot of mental health shit, so let's listen to a record that will make me even more sad, because I love the the Wonder Years, they're great. And then she can get upset when we don't like it. And then I can get really upset and hunt you with a crossbow when you don't like this record, yes. Uh, but no, like, this record released, I listened to it, and it's like, oh, this is fucking great. Let's do an episode about it so I don't have to listen to whatever is on our spreadsheet. You would, also because uh, you haven't heard them yet, because they will probably go up next week. The last episodes we did was a, will be, what you have to look forward to, is a two-parter on Coheed and Cambria, where, um... <laughs> There's an incredible amount of lore, and none of it is good. And it's a three-hour episode. So I deserve this. I des- after, that, after that episode, I deserve this one. Two records mm. about talking to a dog. Yeah. Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star Iv. Um, amongst other things, yes. That was the least problematic bit. It was definitely one of the dumbest. Yeah. Mm. Don't make me think about Coyton Cambria that, that fucking shit. Uh, but yeah, no, this is this is for me. I love the Wonder Years. The Greatest Generation is one of my favorite pop punk records ever, like top five. Um, they're great. They were amongst the bands inventing the whole sad punk thing of the 2010s, where it's like, we're doing pop punk now, but we're sad and we're talking about depression. And it's great. And that is different than emo punk. Well, it's 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 its own thing, and yeah, and now they're grown up and they're talking about being sad dads. Um, this record is very good. It's called "The Ham Goes On Forever." The problem with the history is that like we have the Wonder Years on our spreadsheet. We will get to that eventually. Oh, yeah, the the the, the Greatest Generation, which is one of my favorite records, um, it's gonna be on in two thousand thirteen exactly. So it's on our spreadsheet. I, for some reason, thought that we were just doing the album that was already on the spreadsheet. Um, no, 
I hope you listened to the right one. Oh no, I listened to the right one. I just assumed that you this was that because that why would we why would we watch an album that or listen to an album that came out yesterday? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it references Anthony Bourdain's that. That didn't well, happen that in didn't... the two thousand. You think I was listening to the lyrics that closely? <laughs> yes, because they're very good. Snoopy nope. is actually like a really good songwriter. <laughs> I was trying very hard not to fall asleep. Well, you 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 you've done wrong. Love you, Ellie. But yeah, just to be quick, the Wonder Years are a band originally from Pennsylvania, which oh. makes sense because half of their songs are about like mid-America suburbs, actually, which I'm assuming where Pennsylvania is. Like, did they mention something about them, one of their songs? Why did I get that impression from them? Delaware. Uh, but yeah, the main songwriter of the band is Dan Campbell, also known as Soupy. I don't know where the nickname comes from. Oh, but it's because of Campbell's soup. Oh, yeah. That makes I, sense. That's I thought it was because he had a yeah. soup wallet. <laughs> what, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, it's when, you've, it's when you've got a wallet that is old enough that the whole thing just, like, will not stay closed. It's so sweaty and wrecked that it looks like a soup bowl. Oh, I had that for like five years. Yeah, yeah, see? If you've had one, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I got that. I couldn't carry coins with me because coins would just like fly away in that wallet. It was great. Uh, I, I have uh, the privilege of having a like seven-year-old zippable clutch that I use. Um, so the zipper keeps it from, you know, falling to complete pieces. <laughs> I, I, this is, that's the thing that I replaced it with. It's, uh, I have a shit tape zippable thing, and now where I put money in. But yeah, it's also funny because if you look at the Wikipedia, it lists Soupy as lead vocals, occasional guitar, and ukulele. I don't think there's any ukulele on this record. Oh, I would have been mad if there was, so good for you that it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I was saying, for the good of Sibyl. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're a good band. They've made a bunch of records. They started with almost easycore shit. Like, their 2007 record gets stoked on it. It's um not what you expect from them. But then they moved into this very, like, sort of emo-ish, sad punk direction. The Upside, Suburbia, I've given you all, and I'm, Now I'm Nothing, are excellent records. They're a bit too long. There's a lot of misses on those records, but they have a couple of really iconic tracks. And then they made The Greatest Generation, which is a fucking masterpiece of pop punk. <laughs> it's like an actual, incredibly like nuanced and well-written record about being really fucking sad. So now that I know this... Did you just start this podcast and say it ended at 2013 so we would cover the Wonder Years? Uh, I ended it at 2013 so we would cover the later shitty Fallout Boy things. Okay. Okay. So no, I that was completely incidental. Alright, now I know. Look, we need to cover the shitty returns to mainstream music of Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco, because otherwise, why are we even doing this, right? I mean, I've heard worse pitches. Listen, the 2016 Panic! at the Disco album, I will fucking defend. We're not getting there, though. Yeah, we're not getting there. <laughs> I know. Very strategic of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they rule. They're great. 
They're great! Let's talk about their new record, which is incredibly good. Probably my second favorite of them after The Greatest Generation. Let's do it. the record starts with doors I painted shut. This is great! This is a great intro! This rules! I will say this to every song. This rules. It's okay. That's it. This is great. It's, it's, it's not really a full song, it's just an intro, but it introduces the record excellently. It's, well, it's a well-written song. Like, I would have loved to see this expanded into a full song, because I do like the the songwriting on this but even as an intro this is really good it slowly builds to you know a wall of noisy punk it reminds me of a bit of uh, the devil in my bloodstream the, what do you mean it's on? not a full song it's three minutes long yeah this is a full yeah, song yeah but it's yeah it's not really chorus verse chorus verse it's just like verse 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 big you know climax we just covered coheed and cambria songs could be a lot of things I know, this feels like an intro because it's a slow, slow well, it is rise up slow. to a climax. Like the rest of the album, it is glacial. It really? is very good. It's, uh, Adam Adam wants to be hunted by a crossbow, I think <laughs> that's his objective for this episode. I don't think slow is a comparison I would bring across the whole album. I think there's two tracks, but otherwise... There are two tracks that are not... Oh, okay. All right, so we're going to come at this with very different angles. Hmm. Anyhow, this starts very light. It's like, and there's this whole theme of like, I don't want to die, but, and uh, again, very well written. It's a song about, you know, dealing with uh, a lot of fucking issues and being extremely overwhelmed by them, basically. And yeah, it starts really soft, and then it slowly builds to a climax. It has a couple of lines that are really, like, cathartic, especially in this time. Like, near the end, it's like, I don't want to die, or maybe I do, because everything's so fucking dark. And it's like, yep, yep, I mean, yep, I I read Twitter too. Mm. Yep. I love the drumming on it. One of my notes is, like, the Wonder Years has just a PhD in, like, the slow uh, marching drumming. They do it a lot in their song, and it's just like, ah, this is so good. And I also love how light the drumming is in the slower part. They do a lot of, like, subtle shit, and then they get heavier when it needs to be heavier. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent song. I love it. Great way to start the album. 20 out of 10. I don't know if I'm that high on it, but this I thought it was a good This gets the six Meltzer star. This is the equivalent of a uh, wrestling match in the Tokyo Dome. Seven stars. 
I'm gonna be I insufferable today. Sorry, I'm gonna be oh insufferable. Oh my god, I just want to finish a sentence. I know, I'm gonna be insufferable today. Go on. Ellie, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great opening foot for the record. It escalates slowly, but especially by the time he comes in with the scream up, I think he has a three scream per song quota. Like, the, it's a requirement on every track, but usually it's used in a way that I think works. The The hardest I am on it is one track has me going, this feels like Kings of Leon, but this one doesn't. <laughs> I like Kings of Leon. Uh, and this brought me on board. I'm not going to be mean about it because it is, um, it's just not what I am looking for in music at this time. So before we move forward, because I said this to Sable before we started recording, and who who wins this gets points, abstract points. We'll figure out what to do with the points later. Before we move forward, guess which one is the song that made me cry the first time I listened to this record? It will be revealed when the time comes, but you both have one guess. Laura and the Beehive. Oldest daughter, question mark? We'll see. We're a game show now. Fuck it. We're a game show. <laughs> I've been literally doing nothing but watching game shows all week. Yeah, we, we need to we need a change of format. We're a game show now. Yeah, I was watching the Arcade Pit last night, so this works. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love the song. The ending is, is, again, great. It's been years since I've been low like this. I don't like me playing piano with a broken wrist. I don't like me. And I've been waiting at the windowsill. I don't like me. I, I love the repeated... I don't like Mikaros. It's like my brain, what my brain tells me every second of my life. This is great. And then we go to the sad dad song. We go to Wyatt's song, Your Name. sad dad songs. Yeah, they're all sad dad songs. This one is like literally about his son though, yeah. so you know. It, it's sort of adorable and also like sad in the it's way cute. that yeah, uh, the Wonder Years can be sad. It's about all of his insecurities about being a dad but also about like, you know, him loving his son. Yeah. It's an incredibly good pop song with a good chorus which by the way references a... Um, passing through a screen door. A lot of the songs here reference all the, um, the Wonder Years song. You were mentioning to me that, yes, a lot of their lyrics are very callbacks to things they said on prior albums, and you started giving me examples of multiple of them, which I, I do like the tracks you showed me, but also, you can't say we're doing this as the anti-Coheed in Cambria when this band has lore. <laughs> It's not lore, it's just like <laughs> reflecting on the past using the mechanics of songwriting. 
It's great. Okay, but it's lore. <laughs> it's definitely lore when there are sequels to other songs. Blood Orange. It's rad. But they they did not write Jesse's Girl too, so they get a pass. They wrote Cardinals 2, which is literally the sequel to Cardinals. It, it is fine to make a sequel to your own song. It is not fine to make a sequel about someone else's song. I'm making a sequel to that other, to Jesse's Girl, because I fully did think it was about a trans person. Okay, but you need to make Jesse's Girl 3 at this point, because we already have a 2 made by COVID and Cambria. I actually don't know what happens in I'm sorry, I'm looking up the lyrics to this, and, uh, I fell out of love with Jessie's girl, and she basically started trying to hunt me for sport, is the gist of this. No, see, I'm retconning the previous Jessie's girl 2 and making Jessie's girl 2... 2? You could write a Jessie's girl reboot, a reimagining. Yes. The only thing that changes is that I thought that the singer was saying I wish I was Jessie's girl, like, the whole time, until I was, like, 16. So, yeah. Trans. Yeah, yours is valid. You you can write the reboot. You can write the old trans reboot of Jessie's girl. Yes! Permission. (laughs) Anyhow... The going back to the song, which is very good. The chorus, who repeats over and over, "Your name, your name, your name is the wine I like," is a reference to passing through Crindor, and all the kids' names I've ever liked recited tragedy. Well, I don't want my children growing up to be anything like me, which is again very iconic lyric, very good reference, and uh, cries. Well, yeah, no, the chorus is the part of this where I was like, oh, maybe this album won't be terrible. It is not! It's good! It's a good... This is one of the most energetic songs on the record. It's one of the most upbeat songs on the record. It's still slow. (laughs) It's 133 BPM, like it sounds heartbeat in the womb, which is one of the lyrics of the song, which is neat. I mean, that is... That is... Clever. It does have a video with it where it's got the sort of squiggle animation rotoscoping around footage of him playing with the kids. Oh yeah, I saw that one. It was cute. Yeah, they actually mentioned the heartbeat plus the metronome of the 133 beat. So, you know, that's one of the little cartoon squiggles that draws over it. There's a lot of good songwriting on this. Like the... um... I've seen both your knees or something like that. I wonder which will be the the bad knee in your 30s. It's like an incredibly like mountain goats bit of songwriting. Just reminded me a lot of John Darnielle. I actually can see why this is a single, but I think this song is a little too normcore for me. The chorus got on my nerves and seeing the singer for the first time, my man looks like I'm lost McElroy. He's Torb. Look, you're not <laughs> wrong. Like, it's an extremely cursed sentence to say, but he sort of does. I'm not going to disagree with that. I don't think he does. Torb and Wyatt McElroy are father and son, and they're going to talk about rocks that the latter found on the ground this week. <laughs> Publishes three times weekly. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I do see what you mean on the like tune of this song, which is very poppy. It's, again, one of the most upbeat songs. I do really like a lot of the songwriting here, though. Even though it's very, like, wholesome and positive, it's like it's nice. Well, good news. I agree with that going into the next track, Oldest Time. 
love this, probably my favorite song on the record. This is just me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also me in uh, 2016, roughly. Slut era, I whisper as I fall asleep at the library computer. <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, this is a sequel to Madeline from uh, The Greatest Generation, uh, which both songs talk about a real-life uh, family member of uh, Dan Campbell, who he changed the name of. For, you know, obvious reason. You don't want to be... Put that on blast. Yeah. Who he loves despite this family member having clearly a bunch of issues with mental health and probably other things. And Madeline was great, even though a lot of people hate it because it's the acoustic song from The Greatest Generation. Um, it grew on me. I think Madeline is like a good song, even though it's very different from the rest of the record. And this is this this is not the acoustic song. This is a straight up like m melodic punk song. This is all about the chorus, just like killer chorus, great lyrics, a lot of good imagery. Like the first verse of the song, when it's describing the day of this person, is incredibly vivid. It's like literally like on a specific technical level, it's just like perfectly written. Like you can see it in your head. It's just like great um, and a lot of fucking angst because that's what you want in this kind of music. No, I don't want any. Thank you. I, I, I'm going to take all of the angst and this is a great song. Mostly, again, the chorus makes it. There's not a lot going on musically, in, interestingly. Like this is a song that's purely about the melody, purely about the chorus, purely about the songwriting, the there's a lot of interesting thing the guitar and the drums do throughout the record, but here they're sort of understated, and it's just like this fast song about this person with the, like a really great chorus and some really great lines. I'm personally really fond of uh, some people get all the luck, some gotta live. It's like, yeah, that's a good line. Um, that's good. Again, I will say it for all the songs on this record. This is good. This is a very plain song, but it, it lives and dies on the tune and Soupy's vocals, and it just succeeded that. Is this the one you teared up at? No. Adam lost. Do, 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 do. My second guess was going to be songs about death, so we'll see. Okay, okay. All right, yeah, but every time we lose one, we should just take another crack at it. We're not playing for keeps, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Look, we'll figure out the rules at some point. This is our pilot for our game show. Yeah, no, uh, I... I did have a few notes going, is this his kid or his ex, before I later found out what the plot of this was, but... Uh, it's a good tune, it's a bit of a downer, but I will not give it any guff. It's well done, it flows well, and I actually love the sound of it. This is where I really started going, I think I'm going to have a good time this week. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about it, but specifically this is about, like, you know, not, probably not ever coming in contact with this person again and being sad about it, but also, like, accepting it. It's like, um, Madeline, I don't think I'll see you again. Madeline, I love you, but we know, we both know where this ends. You're lost in the gray with two broken legs trying to swim. 
Yeah, can't find an address. Nobody thinks, seems to know where you're living at. I've got you a birthday gift. I want to send it with pictures of my kid. Like It's very melancholic stuff, but it's like really well written. I think that I would have really liked this song uh, when I was younger. And it is not a bad song, but I'm just not in the fucking mood for sad stuff right now, Ellie. <laughs> well... <laughs> That's what you get with the Wonder Years. They're not exactly a cheerful band. Yep. So, like, it's not, it, on a technical level, it is very good. I'm not knocking it. It's very nice. I don't want it. <laughs> Look, Dan Campbell was kicked out by the from the McElroy brothers because they have the no bummers rules, and the Wonder Years is all bummers all of the time. <sighs> Soupy McElroy this week is going to show you a show about depression so you can learn how you avoid it in your own life. Today we're going to talk about the lost McElroy sister, Madeline. Hmm. God. <laughs> Everyone forgets that I can just do a fake ad read at any time and they get darker and darker the more I'm called to do this trick. I, I did not call you to do that trick. You call yourself. Uh, it is very impressive, though. Thanks. Uh, let's go to Cardinals 2. I know the feeling in the morning when the sun Lights the dust that hangs in orbit as you're waking up And for a moment you feel weightless, then the panic comes First it drizzles, then it's What's this one about? Lore-wise, Cardinals is the sequel to Cardinals, where a young man was carried to the fleeing ambulance and could not be reached in time. Unfortunately, this means that Soupy is carrying a corpse in the street, where we pick up in the middle of Cardinals 2. <laughs> no, there's no lurk. This is a song about some indetermined person that probably has passed away that the singer knows and about how the feeling of that they couldn't help this person. A lot of the song is about I'm old and a lot of the people I know have died by this point because that's punk music. It's a, it's a dark song. It's a sad one. Well, in this case, the issue is not I couldn't protect you. It's I failed to protect you, is the whole gist of this one. There is a very big distinction there. Yeah, uh, there's a line in the chorus which is, I can't protect you, I had my chance and I fucked it up. As opposed to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh no. Yeah. It's a really, even for this record, it's a really downer song. It's very different. It's a lot darker in the instrumentation. This is basically like not a punk song. This record is emo punk alternating from track to track. Yeah, this has like very slow, like guitar, you know, cards, and like very like 
this very like effect guitar a lot of production i really like a lot of production on this especially on the slower song there's a lot of great nice touches like the echoey guitar on this one uh, the production the production by the way is by steve evett we ha which we have talked about in our episodes a bunch uh but he also like he's a he basically did all of the the Wonder Years record since Suburbia. And yeah, he knows how to produce this kind of music. It works really well. This is a darker song that goes into a louder chorus, but that's still like incredibly minor chord, incredibly dark. Um, it, it was a low point for me at the beginning in the first couple of lessons, but to be honest, it really grew on me. I really like the atmosphere this creates. The chorus is incredibly loud in contrast to the really quiet verses. This is just like a great mood pieces. Like it's not, you know, there are some songs on this record which are just like banger, like pop punk songs that have like great choruses, even though they're sad. Next track, in fact. Yeah. But these are, um, this is just like a really cool, like moody, like rock song, like slow rock song that just like, has this oppressive, like, uh, guilty mood to it, which is great. And it conveys perfectly what the song is about. It's not for me, and that is okay. Sorry, I'm light on the jokes this episode because I really like this record. <laughs> it doesn't have to be about jokes. You can just discuss good music. Yeah. Yeah, but that's boring. Don't worry, we have two we episodes of complete insanity next week. <laughs> I mean... It's also like the uh, subject matter is not really joke material. Like, I don't... Yeah, you can't really make fun of this songs. It's like, yeah, dude, dude, dude had friends who died. That sucks. Like, okay, uh, they love their children. I'm not making fun of that. I want to encourage that. Um, loss of family members to the ether. That's, you know, pretty sad. Loss of friends. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna make fun of this album like even if it's not my particular jam it's not they hacked our morality systems of things we will not make fun of <laughs> <laughs> they listened to our podcast and were like we are going to make an album so unjokeable <laughs> i have some notes on the next track which are probably gonna upset you Oh, I liked the next track. I mean, Paris of Nowhere is one of the least dark songs. Uh, so let's go to Paris of Nowhere. We're building shrines to St. Nick Foles In the windows, in the living rooms I'm playing dancing with the ghosts In the soft light of the afternoon I'm alone in the house where your sister died We're building shrines to St. This got real whiny and pop punky suddenly. It's like he unpubertied. <laughs> and it's the first one I liked. <laughs> this is extremely pop punk. I think it's the weakest of the punk songs, but it's fun. I thought it was saying they were saying heiress of nowhere because I just kind of like put the album on to play without really paying attention to which songs were which the first time I listened to it. Um, but it's not. 
it's the Paris of nowhere, which is not as cool as what I thought it was, so. This is like one of the punkest songs that fits with their theme of like talking about the places where they live and uh, the suburbs. It's something that they talk over and over again. Um, it reminds me a bit of We Could Die Like This, which to be fair, I think it's a superior song. I really like that song. But this is fun. This is a straight up punk song with a good chorus. Uh, I do like the, um, the line in the intro. I'm alone in the house where your sister died on the block that you lived your entire life. That's another sort of very mountain goatsy kind of lyric. Mountain goats. We, me and Soupy enjoy the mountain goats and it shows in his songwriting and it shows in me mentioning the mountain goats every two seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm the perfect fit to review this record. Hey, listeners, if you don't want to hear about the mountain goats, wait till the Coheed and Cambria album. <laughs> yeah, there's not many <laughs> references to the mountain goats there. This is the first song on the album where I was not looking at how long the song was and going... Is it over yet? Is it over yet? Is it over yet? Is it over yet? So I think that that bodes well for this song. It is fine. I, I also like relate less to the lyrics. This is specifically about, you know, the places where they live. And it's like, I'm not from America, dude. I don't understand this shit. I'll be real. I think when they go punky, it's the weakest part of their album. I like I like their punk stuff. I mean, I liked Oldest Daughter, which is a, was a very punk song. And uh, I suppose that's the exception I'll give you to the rule, but most of their tracks that feel like they would be on this show most of the time are the ones that leave me the least impressed. Opposites. Yeah, you see, and I am the complimental person who likes everything. I am the third version Pokemon of this trio. What? You're the Bulbasaur. Yeah, we have Pokemon Punk, Pokemon Non-Punk, and then I am the third version that brings the two together and enjoys the whole record. What what version would that be if it's punk or non-punk? Pokemon Punk, Pokemon Emo, and Pokemon um, Mountain Goats, I think, is really what we're going for here. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, sure. Pokemon Goat. <laughs> Pretty sure there are Pokemon goats, but let's move on. <laughs> Anyhow, the next song is Summer Clothes. also has a video and creatures walking around that look like Mr. Blobby. It's a nod video for the song because this is a pretty straightforward like love song and it's like the video is like really weird with like giant balloon creature that like like accompany some little kids around like a city and then they're soupy looking at the camera incredibly sad and it's like I don't think this video fits this like this is a really cute love song and it's like very straightforward there's not a lot to it 
but I enjoy it. It's like slow and pleasant. And it, again, it slowly builds to a screaming at the end because, as you mentioned, they're lo- legally obligated to have at least three screams in the song. And it's just like a really straightforward, pleasant song with some decent songwriting, nothing special. And the video is really weird. And I don't know why. I don't know where, how, why. I do like the uh, uh, genius annotation here explaining some of the lyrics. Go for it. For the line, the AC is busted, it's hotter than hell, but I hate myself a little less when the salt air hits my skin. Genius commenter says... It's too warm to be bearable, especially without the air conditioner working, but the comforting feeling of the presumably beachfront air makes him less miserable. The part about hating himself is no surprise, given how much of a depression tendency he has addressed in the Wonder Years songs in the past. I love when Genius just explains, like, really plain, understandable lyrics. Exactly. (laughs) It's amazing. It's like, the AC is busted and it's hotter than hell. To be clear, this means that they don't have an AC available, and it's very hot. It's like, yeah, that's literally what the... the Yep, what what else could that mean, my friend? (laughs) Also, to continue on our McElroy lore, this starts with Justin and I have the windows down. Fourth McElroy brother confirmed. I thought it was an alright track, pretty okay melancholy... The bit that did confuse me is there's two balloon creatures abducting a child and wandering around a boardwalk in the video, but also balloons exist in this world in a non-sentient fashion because the singer is wandering around with some, handing them to people. Maybe it's like the ring curse. He has to give the balloons out or he turns into a Mr. Blobby too. That's entirely possible. And then those people have to give their balloons away or else they'll turn into it. I think now you're just describing It Follows, but with balloons. (laughs) Okay, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's good. I like that. Watch It Follows. I like that. It's a good mental image. Uh, This song was slow again, so, you know, it's fine. But it's not sad. Are you sure? Because there's a quote from Dan Campbell here which says that it's intended to be sad. It doesn't feel that... Well, it's not sad compared to the songs about death or whatever. It's like it's melancholic, but it's not... It's a love letter to a time when your sadness was most conspicuous by its momentary absence, when the low hum quieted enough for you to realize it was nearly gone, when you did stupid, dangerous shit, because, well, why not? Yeah. That's good. I don't want any fucking melancholy. I do. Yeah, it's a good song. Which is why I'm not a fan of Lost It in the Lights. the one that has the mime at the retirement party oh yeah this is another one with a super weird video (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a lot of videos on this record. Yeah, they started publishing singles in May, which means there's like five videos for this. Okay, but you could publish singles without a video for everyone. I'm shocked the Wonder Years had the budget for four and a half videos. I mean, they're fairly big in their genre. Still, there's bands I can think of who make it onto the charts regularly that don't get four and a half videos. Yeah, that's fair. Still good. I like the videos, mostly. This one is a bit weird. It's about a retirement, a retirement party, which means that a lot of people were like, are you all retiring? And they were like, eh, maybe, but not really. Yeah, we don't know who's retiring. We just know there's a bunch of people eating cake. There's a mime flipping the fuck out. And the band are playing a set before the mime and the lead singer both die of cake withdrawal. I don't know. To be fair, this record comes five or so years after their last record. So they're taking their time with this project, which is fair. I like the song. I actually really like the song. It has, uh, again, good emo chorus and some really solid lyrics about, you know, growing up and the anxiety that that shit brings. What if, what if, what if, what if the magic's gone? It's like, it's a, it's a lighter version to me that songs about that. Like where songs about that goes hard on that, on the... I am a person who writes songs about being sad, and that is sort of fucking, like, absurd and sort of weird. Well, that is goes, like, on the harder, like, more dark aspect of this. This is more about generally growing up, but still keeping that bit. I like it. It's well written, and uh, it references a song that was never released that he wrote when he was 17. It was a song about drinking kerosene, because emo. Uh, to light a fire in his gut. It's to be fair. It's a it's a cheesy but fun metaphor. If he wrote that at seventeen, that yeah, that sounds like something a seventeen year old can and should write because they're seventeen and being seventeen fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, video aside, this is my second place single behind "Summer Clothes" out of the ones on the record, but I spent too long looking up how old Dan Campbell was because of the reference it's newly summer and Tony Bourdain died going into when I was 17. Yeah, it, it talks about different times in his life. Yeah, well. That's the point of the song. <laughs> I had to make sure this wasn't a friggin' baby. Like that time we did the entire year roundup and I had to go, oh, half of these people are half my age. That's fair. I don't think Soupy is half your age. I think he's, he's not. Sort of a, is, is there. He's getting there. <laughs> he's about 35. Yeah. Mm. If that's half my age, I've really <laughs> fucked up the time stream. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Mm. Oh no, my wrists! And then we go to one of the, like, not my favorite, maybe my second favorite, one of the best songs on the album, definitely. Songs about that. This one is short. Been writing songs about death so long that I wish I could have just gone on. You think of funeral processions in the way they fuck the traffic. Oh. 
my favorite. Yeah, I, I can. This is incredibly goth. It yeah. has the oppressive guitars, the drum. This is slow and uh, purposeful and very goth. Yep. And yeah, this is great. Again, as I mentioned, this is a song about how fucked up it is that this person makes money by writing songs about death. And it's like, yeah, no, that is a good point, dude. Uh, and it has, like, again, very sparse lyrics. It's just two verses. But it's great. Been writing songs about that too long. I need to stop. I sing my songs about that and they sing along. It's gotta stop. Uh, it's, it's an interesting theme that is not explored often enough. It makes sense for this band, for the kind of music they make. It turns out making morbid, cure-like tracks with hard guitar and bleak lyrics appeals to me. What's not to love? Yeah. It's great. So, so many little production touches. There's like a tambourine, I think, that sounds like shattered glass, which is like just an excellent like, like piece of production there. Again, very cure-like. Listen to the opening of Disintegration, the track. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't think you would like The Cure, uh, or at least the Gauthier songs of The Cure. Yeah, you might like some of the things like Why Can't I Be You. Yeah, mm. I mean, you you will like Boys Don't Cry, which is one of the best pop songs ever. I stand by that, but yeah, you might like that. miss you, kiss you, love cats. Yeah, there's a lot of upbeat tracks in The Cure's history, and then there's Blood flowers and disintegration and yeah, pornography. pornography. Great yeah. <laughs> dark albums. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, probably not your thing. If you think this record is too dark, <laughs> there is a time in my life when I would have really liked this album and this song specifically, but now is not that time. I am tired of things being dark. Well. Same, but they're not stopping being dark at any point, so I might as well embrace it. Oh, see, I just take the steps to remove the darkness from my life, and then it's not dark anymore, so... But then there's nothing left! That sounds like a you problem. I mean, yes it is, but... I mean, you can always make something more. Just because you want to work in the games industry, don't bring the rest of us down with you, Ellie. <laughs> That's the darkest joke I'll make all day. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> I think I, I think I broke her. No, no, it was really. It's a worth really funny joke, Sable. Good job. Apologies. Good job, Sable. It was a it was a very good joke, and I appreciate your presence on this podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely not about to be hunted with a crossbow. <laughs> I'm, I'm honest. Why do you? I'm being honest. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Being, uh, Sorry, the read on that made me very unsure if that was a. I am not you, Sybil. I sometimes say things in a honest way and like genuine way. I am not as irony poisoned as you. It had a read through gritted teeth fashion. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. All right. Anyhow, songs about that. It rules. Let's go to Low Tide, which also rules.
this one, Fox. Uh, this sounds like the Atari's covering Boys of Summer. And it's low tide, serotonin bay, which is a fantastic fucking line. And, and you, you, it's, a, it's, it's so single. This is a pop punk song, pure. And it's great. It's incredibly single-longy. I'm growing out my hair because who gives a shit? It's like, yes, I will sing along to that. It's a fantastic chorus. The song is just incredibly catchy. It, they do that thing where before the chorus, they mute the guitar, the drum is mixed upwards, and then everything comes back in with the voice. It's a great couple of great lines, and it's low tide at Serotonin Bay, and for the first time, I'm not sure everything will be okay. Okay, okay, okay. This rules! This is just like a fucking banger of a punk song. Good. It's alright. It's This is the quarantine Get. song. This is the most blatant Get. quarantine song on the record. It is. It is. But, it, you know, it's one of those quarantine, quarantine songs that relates with most types of depression, really. I suppose. I did feel a little called out by the lyric about being in the middle of the night up watching Korean baseball as someone who has watched Japanese wrestling shows that air at 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, you see, uh, Wrestle Kingdom airs at 8 a.m. in Italy. It's great. We can wake up, have a breakfast, and watch uh, Zack Sabre Jr. doing like crazy shit with joints. With arm joints, not, you know, the drag ones. For what it's worth, the lyric video on this is... The lyrics are put as closed captioning over what is just footage of commercials that are my age or older. So that was a bit of a kick in the pants. And they are <laughs> the actual commercials, the footage used. Adam, join me in appreciating Low Tide. Oh yeah, this one's great. Uh, definitely the song on the album where I was like, oh, finally I can tell Ellie that there's something here I like. <laughs> um... The song that saves you from my Adam-sized tiny crossbow. <laughs> oh, man. I'm playing the world's tiniest crossbow for you. I I still think that I will be able to survive the world's tiniest crossbow. Are crossbows string instruments? Yes. Yes. Um, it didn't read as a quarantine song to me at all, but uh, I have been an agoraphobe shut in my whole life, so the quarantine changed not anything for me. <laughs> no, same. Yeah. Yep. Same. Letting my hair grow long because who gives a shit has a very hey, do you know what? We're locked in screw it vibe to me. But it's also a trans thing. I didn't grow my hair out because who gives a shit until like the past six months, so... No comment, I say, with tits covered in hair. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, we're, we're reclaiming this song. This is trans song. Mm. We're growing out our hair, because who gives a shit about the gender norms? Exactly. I mean, to be fair, I'm also at the point where I am sitting here going, I should probably get a trim. I need to get an actual cut on my hair. I haven't... Uh, in like 10 years. Yeah, no one has cut this hair in 10 years, which is it's just a mess now. Yeah. I do need a cut on this. Uh, it's been three for me. Yeah, I did get a haircut very recently because uh, growing your hair out from an undercut and then like not ever getting it cut again is like... Ooh, yeah, I imagine that looks odd. 
Yeah. I mean, I shaved one of the sides again, so, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm doing job interviews and get a haircut. <laughs> Multiple people do tell me I should try an overcut. Whenever I go and do my haircut, I'm also 100% getting my hair purple at this point. Because are you even gender if you don't have purple? I mean, you deserve purple hair. I deserve purple hair, and I deserve this, talking about this record. There are so many things that I deserve. I am great. Mm-hmm. You know what you don't deserve? What? A beehive. Let's get to Laura and the beehive! Is this the one that made you cry? Yes, you're correct. This is the one that made me cry? I win! Mm -hmm. Motherfucker! I win! (laughs) You win! You won fair and square. I weeped a bunch at this. It was uh, a very I am on estrogen now moment. Um, This is a song about his relationship with his mother, and it has a really sweet story in it about how when he was a little kid, he was tending to the tomato plants, together with her and he accidentally uh, stepped on a beehive and she covered her bo- his body with hers to protect him from Jeez. what could have probably killed the little kid um this is this is the, the ballad this is the slow song of the record i call it a casio ballad because it just has this synth piano on it and it's just really slow narrative song with this quiet synth piano on it and it's an incredibly pretty song. It's well written. It has poignant lyrics, and it, it's good. I don't have. This is one of those ballads where I don't have anything to say about it. See, I don't hate all ballads. This one is good. It, it's really sad, and it you know has great lyrics like the choruses. Um, well, I just called to talk about the weather or anything you want, and I just called to hear your voice. I'm sorry, I won't keep you long. Because I know how you ask around and worry when you hear the songs, which is like, again, a reflection on what it's like to basically be famous for incredibly depressing media. And uh, which is a thing you don't, there's not a lot of writing about, but it is one of those things, right? Like, there are implications when you write a lot of shit about being depressed. And it's like, yeah, this explores that. And it's a really pretty, quiet song. And I like it. It's good. It's very good. So I didn't know it was his mother, and I thought it was just like a friend from school or that he grew up with. And so that takes a whole lot of the wind out of the sails of my notes. I'll just stick with the only one that's still relevant. The Screams work here. It's lifting this up. The Screams work on this song. They lift it up. Adam, you hate this, I assume? (laughs) I mean, it's slow. It's not bad, but it's very slow. (laughs) 
It's an incredibly pretty slow it, it, song. It is. Um, I'm sure that there are many people who think that it is very pretty. I'm sure it's very nice. Uh, it was pretty nothing for me. Uh, although, I did, did make me remember the uh, time that I accidentally sat on a stool that was on top of a ground beehive. Oopsies. Fair. Yeah, that sounds painful. Here's my only bee story ever. One of them got caught in my hair when I had an afro as a kid. Damn. Didn't sting me, though. The house I used to live in uh, during my master's had a beef just under under my window. But nothing ever, uh, nothing scary ever happened with them. I just learned that if you leave, if you leave bee alone, they will mostly just like enter your room, be like, oh, there's no flowers here and then leave. Except at night where sometimes they get stuck and you have to help them get out of the window. We are fine. I don't. I hate hornets, but I've learned to appreciate that bees don't don't want to be near me as much as I don't want to be near them. See, I had a giant crimson afro, so they thought I was the flower. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, I mean, there's also like the whole uh bathroom full of bees situation that was going on at my dorms last fall. The beehive was in the walls of the bathroom. Oh, yeah, that's worse. You don't want that. You really don't want that. Let's go to old friends like Lost Teeth. This is the heaviest song on the record, and uh, oh, while oh I no. don't, re- what? what if this if this is the heaviest song, I feel bad about every single note I wrote. No, like I mean musically. Oh, okay, cool. But it also feels like a companion to Cardinals too. Like this feels like sort of about the same person, even if we don't know if it is. We don't really have again. We don't really have any details, and that's fine. Um, but this, to just listening to it, it does feel like a continuation, like the aftermath of uh, Cardinals 2 or whatever happened to that person, because it, it, is a, it is a song about trying to remember someone, which is a good topic. Decently written, the lyrics don't hit um, that hard for me on this one, even though there are some bits that are like objectively well written. But this is great and like just musically. I, I think this is like the heaviest song on the record. It has some great guitars, a great chorus. This is just like a good song to listen. It's just great. The, the guitars go so heavy on this song, which is... Aside from stuff like songs about that, which is heavy, but it's also like doom and slow. The, the, the guitars go incredibly hard on this song too but in a more punk way, and it's good. I enjoy the song. I've listened to the song a lot just because it has a really good tune. Like, The Wonder Years, like, like Soupy is a good, great songwriter, but they're also all, like, really good at just making catchy tunes. 
and it works here, and this rules. This is good. Two thumbs up. I like this. There is one final music video on this track. It is the Investigate 311 video where a bunch of people are walking in in ski masks and taking turns as a prisoner. Who is the person being described in this song? You know, the memory of someone who's gone that starts to fade or get a little warped or whatever, but you still know it's there. I had to take a break in the middle because I thought one of the prisoners was Daniel Armbruster from Joywave. Which, again, is something that only you could think, but sure. He looks... I showed you a picture of the guy and the guy in the ski Yeah, I don't... I I don't... Sure. Hmm. They both have glasses. Sure. And a mustache and a skinny fucking white dude face. So I have a note here, and I feel really stupid because now that I look at the title of the song, it's like, oh, this makes more sense. But I wrote... Did he just say, Oprah, your balls deep over and over? God, I hope he did. And then I realized, oh, it's the it's the name of the song. To be fair, the, the backing vocals are a bit muddled on this one, so I'll forgive you, but... I like the alternate universe where the Wonder Years just wrote a song about Oprah going to town on a guy. <laughs> I think that would be Blink-182. I don't think the Wonder Years are that kind of band. There was a note saying they did work with Blink-182 on this album for some kind of like support yeah i mean everyone does i'm just saying that could have been travis barker is literally in every punk project ever and non-punk project ever travis barker is everywhere (laughs) travis barker is living in the walls yeah if you look in your like if you're like shed where you keep your tools sometimes you can find travis barker there and it's like oh it's fine i'm just producing your life for a bit I like how you've just made this out like Travis Barker is the ghost in a Beavis and Butthead episode. Yeah. I never watched Beavis and Butthead, but sure. Oh my god, if you want to cure your depression, that's the way to do it. Speaking of all of us being mad at each other, let's talk about You're the Reason I Don't Want the World to End. cute song it's again about his son and uh yeah it's Um, a good closer what i mean if it's about his son then i will uh retract uh my some of my dislike for it (laughs) okay what did you think it was about i don't fucking know i wasn't listening to the lyrics i just heard the title and was like ugh eye roll but if it's about his son that's cute this is a sad dad record. This is really good. It's I'm depressed, but also I want to protect my spawn. So I will be less depressed. <laughs> spawn? Okay, Ellie. <laughs> Look, well, Ellie. It's a, it's a technically correct word to use. Look, Ellie, hot girl summer is over. Chicken autumn is back. Let's stop talking about kids. <laughs> Don't know what that means. 
Don't worry, someone I, will. I, I don't think any of those words are in the Bible. <laughs> Chicken definitely is. Summer might be. Maybe. I didn't. I don't know if season existed at the time. Hmm. Good point. Uh, uh, musically, this is sort of not anything that I love, but like it, it thematically is excellent. It's an excellent closer to the record. That's it. It just works in the context of the record. It's Sludge talking about how I have a child now, so it turns out I want to have hope for the future because he's going to be alone when I die, which I will do sooner or later because depression album. So I was a little lost on this because it's not... It's not radical enough for me. They reference the devil in your blood, which is a metaphor, devil in your bloodstream, that they use on The Greatest Generation, which is basically about how depression is a cycle that gets you generation after generation after generation. It's a really good metaphor, and the devil in my bloodstream, it's a fantastic um, song from that record. Mm. Noted. But yeah. This is this is a good closer. It's not my favorite musically, but it's thematically effective to close this record. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not as radical as you'd like them to be, Sybil. Nope. Same song, different chorus. Speaking of wanting to hang yourself, The Wonder Years is The Hum Goes On Forever is an album about depression that overall worked for me. I love this. This is contender for album of the year for me. This is as See, good. Well, not not as good, but almost as good as uh, The Greatest Generation. It's an album that reflects on the past of the band and what they've been through. Reflects on like people that they have lost, reflects on fatherhood. It's just a incredibly well-written album for the genre. It's it's great. It's like it's how you want to age as a punk band. Keep your moods, keep what you're known for, but also explore them and what they're like in your adulthood. Improve your songwriting. They get better, you know, Dan Campbell gets better and better just as technical songwriting, like metaphors and turn of phrases. There are maybe like a couple of songs that didn't hit quite as hard for me, but overall this is like an album that I see no... Like, there's no low point for me. This is great. There are a couple of great punk songs on it, like great tunes, and it's everything that as someone who really likes the band wanted from a new record after a lot of years since the last one. It's excellent. Like, it's one of those records that is like, I have literally no bad things to say about this. Like, it, it, it's not a masterpiece. It's like a four out of five. But that's like the upper tier of my ratings. You said it was a 20 out of 10. Yes, but I was also trying to be insufferable in that moment. This is a four out of five. It's great. One of the best records I heard all year. Um, I like how she's walking it back bit by bit. This is by Album of the Year, one of the best records. No, I said this is a contender for the Album of the Year. So far it's this, Bleed Out from the Mountain Goats, and The New Deer Hunter. But I haven't listened to a lot of things that I want to listen yet, so who knows how it will happen. I will give you The New Deer Hunter as being something excellent. 
I don't know that I could put this in my top five of the year when we're ha- we have a year where there's probably a new Gorillaz album about to drop, new Bjork in a month, Marillion put out an album, and Dubstar did a new one. I mean, that's fair. I'm really looking forward to the new Bjork record. Yeah. Um, Gabba Bjork. Gabba Bjork. Gabba Bjork. And I really want that red dress she wears in the video for uh, Ancestress because it's one of the few Bjork dress I feel I could pull out, pull off. You could do the swan. I cannot do the swan. I'm too fat for the swan. But the large red dress is like, yeah, okay, that covers my belly. That works. If I could do the swan, you could do the swan. I cannot do the swan dress, Fable. I'm sorry. I'm going to buy you a swan dress just to celebrate your new job. Okay. I, you shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't, but sure. I shouldn't do a lot of things, but I do. You need, you need to get your, you a job first. <laughs> I'm going to buy us both swan dresses. Adam, do you want a swan tux? Um, you know, I'm good, but I appreciate the thought. I didn't want you to be left out. <laughs> I appreciate that. So this was an episode. As always, you can find us at our website, getoutofthistown.com, and you can email us both from our website and at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. We sure have chosen a better name. This is really difficult to remember because we variated through the We same. can always rename at the turn of the year. No. No. Okay. I don't know. I... If you... By the fact that I'm doing this podcast at this point for, like, more than two years, despite it being horrible and being, like, just, a, uh, on average, a pain on us, talking about extremely mid-records from the 2000s, I am stubborn. I've decided I'm doing this, and I'm keeping, I'll keep doing this despite the fact that it hurts me. That is my mindset. Therefore, I will keep having this name on the podcast despite it hurting me every time I need to remember what the fuck is our email hey you say you say you want to talk about extremely mid albums from the 2000s I want is not a verb that I would use I am bound to hey I've got this copy of MC Chris's knowing is half the hassle right here I know We're, we are going to do the nerdcore episode we Did are going s- to do the nerdcore episode at some point in the future there's always worse. But yeah, this was an episode. Next week, we're doing Coheed and Cambria. It's a two-parter, so expect two weeks of Coheed and Cambria. Our recording was more than three hours. I promise it's worth the chaos. It's... Inc- We've learned so many things. We've learned so many things from that episode. And Sam is on it. My friend Sam from university. Yeah, I'm Sam. a fucking bicycle! He's... He's British. Um, He's the turf whisperer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
that is not nice to say. <laughs> and uh, the week after that, we're doing Billy Talent with another friend from my RPG group, Alex. It's going to be fun. We haven't recorded that yet. We're recording it next week. I'm totally not going to mix up Alex and Adam on the recording. Aldam? Alexdam? Addix. Do you have anything to plug, Sable? You can find all of my extra works and links to them at hellscaper.com. Do you have anything to plug, Adam? Never. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at ACCTheMoon. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but get Sable a job. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight like a pop pocket And get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify